No means no, a phrase we hear so often yet people tend to disregard in so many aspects of life. When we hear no means no, we often associate the phrase with consent. But what about other aspects of life? Yeah, like dating, friendships, and even work environments. Today, we're going to chat about how the phrase no means no applies to every scenario in life and how to feel empowered in your choice to say no. She, a podcast for non-traditional conversations. I'm Tiana. And I'm Sophie. And And we're we're a couple. couple. Join us as we explore an alternative view on what it means to be a woman in today's society. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 58 of She, an acronym for Shifting Her Experience. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Shifting Her Experience and send us a message to be featured as our next person of the week or leave us a review on Amazon if you've purchased our journal Reflect and we'll give you a shout out that way. Yes, and we're so excited to be back this week and covering this topic. It's something Soph and I have talked a lot about, as usual. Uh, The concept of no means no. When we hear the phrase no means no, we often associate it with consent and sex, but it's so much more than that. So today's episode, um, in today's episode, we really want to explore the intent behind no means no and how it can relate to so many different areas of a person's life that we don't often consider in society. Yeah, it's a very non-traditional way of thinking. Uh, No means no really applies to personal boundaries, which can apply to everything from being spread too thin in personal relationships to being taken for granted at work. Yeah. Um, So recognizing what your boundaries are and respecting that in others is a great way to develop your self-awareness. An example of this could be messaging someone because you want to rant or complain about something and expecting the other person to be readily available to support you um, is crossing a boundary. Um, Instead, it's a good idea to ask first uh, if that person is in a good headspace or has the time to listen to you. And we can't just assume someone else's boundaries. Exactly. We're really going to get into this today. But before we get into the topic, we want to give a big shout out to our person of the week, Trelly A, who sent us a lovely email containing a really kind and thoughtful letter she wrote for us. We were so honored to receive a handwritten letter and Trelly really took the time to include aspects of our podcast and our journal reflect in her letter to us. So thank you. It really made our day to receive it. Yeah, we were very touched by your letter and it really shows us that we're on the right track in helping others feel empowered to think outside of uh, societal expectations and to just be true to who you are. So thank you so much, Trelly. Yes, and speaking of feeling empowered, we don't talk enough about feeling empowered when saying no. You know, we really hear the phrase no means no a lot. Yeah, I mean, as kids, you hear this so much from your parents when you're asking for something. (laughs) But when you hear uh, no means no in any context, uh, it all means the same thing. It's about boundaries and crossing a line. Exactly. But we don't actually often stop and think about what the phrase means because, yes, we can relate it to consent and sex, but also dating, friendships, and work, even the concept of peer pressure, something as simple as a friend who shames you for not wanting to drink alcohol, or a work environment that doesn't respect your personal boundaries. So today we really want to explore, one, how no means no applies to various situations, and two, how to feel empowered and comfortable with your ability to say no. 
Yeah. Um, firstly, the phrase no means no gained momentum in the anti-rape movement during the second wave feminism in the 1960s. And during this time, the phrase no means no was exercised to emphasize consent and the fight to change community attitudes in regards to violence against women. Um, the phrase became widely known in relation to consent, but started being used to apply to many different scenarios, which is what we want to emphasize today. Yeah, essentially it grew into being used as a phrase to understand personal boundaries. Uh, It's important that we teach society that the no in no means no does not mean convince me. Mm. And this is where the phrase gets interesting because the concept of no doesn't mean convince me. And that can be applied to many scenarios, in my opinion. So, uh, you know, some see no means no as a vague phrase, unfortunately, even though it's very simple and direct. And that's why I feel like people tend to disregard it. Yeah, I mean, no means no is a short, snappy, concise phrase with only three words. It coherently sums up everything you need to know when a person utters those words. I don't understand how the phrase has become vague. Mm. Um, People are using it to demonstrate their feelings on something and it's a verbal way of building walls to protect themselves. And when a person says no, it's one of the most intuitive things that they can say. Someone is, you know, in tune enough with themselves to be firm on a decision that's best for them when they say no. Mm. Um, And the same goes for yes. But we see the the boundary of no being crossed in not only our own lives with friendships and expectations at work but we also see boundaries are being crossed in the media and pop culture via film and tv and it's glamorized and romanticized and normalized well it's interesting that you say film because that's where we really started with this idea for the episode we had been binging movies at the start of quarantine last year and some of these so-called romantic films that we'd watched glamorize the notion of convincing someone to date them for example until they got a yes for instance we've talked before about the movie the notebook which is widely viewed as one of the most romantic films and noah at the beginning relentlessly does not take no for an answer and we romanticize the aggressor here yeah i mean the media does um Hollywood definitely is responsible for that. So here are a few examples that we pulled. Um, The film Chasing Amy. So the protagonist is a gay woman who becomes friends with Ben Affleck's character who falls in love with her. And the entire movie is about him convincing her to go out with him and change her sexuality for him. Um, Even the word chasing in the title is intimidating and controlling. Yeah, exactly. That's a great example. And we have Ross in Friends. I mean, we love Friends. We do, but... Um, but we all know that Ross is controlling as fuck. And and we all know that Joey is a womanizer who has never been shamed for it. Um, but an example of Ross is when he would not take no for an answer when Rachel told him that he couldn't drop by her work. Um, he insisted on showing up anyway and completely crossed a line with her um, when she was being professional at her new job he even sent a barbershop quartet to her office and then set her office on fire by accident because he was so overbearing and in the way and this eventually led to their break um that they had that they famously had um throughout the the series this like scenario in general with ross would drive me absolutely insane like somebody like coming to my work after i've said like no i can't i can't you know meet up today or whatever it was her first 
career job she was so proud of it and he just had to interfere yeah um another example from hollywood is barney's character from how i met your mother who should literally be in jail (laughs) his character and the show were just awful in my opinion yeah i agree it was meant to be a romantic comedy but it had the most toxic connotations um when barney wanted to sleep with a woman he you know considers the word no as an invitation to keep asking and convince the women rather than take it as a command to back off his goal in this show was to change the woman's mind eventually which is an example of the chase that men think is so romantic chasing amy like we said yeah or his plan was to just get the woman drunk enough that she agreed to sleep with him anyway or just didn't care enough and just had sex with him um yeah this has rape and sexual abuse undertones galore and it is beyond me that the show was ever aired and got away with using this language and these ideas Yeah, I haven't watched too much of How I Met Your Mother. I just couldn't get into it. But I know a lot about that character, like the character of Barney. And it was very, he was very toxic. He is so toxic. That show is actually quite toxic. Um, But people got away with it back then. You know, I don't think you would get away with shows and language like that so much now. I mean, hopefully not. Hopefully not. But um, another character is Christian Grey in Fifty Shades of Grey. He's another example of a toxic person whose possessive and controlling behaviours were pawned off as romantic. Christian shows no respect for consent and even gets mad if if Anastasia rejects his requests. Um, He consistently persuades her into doing things that she's uncomfortable with doing by repeatedly asking convincing and even getting upset with her um until she eventually agrees to please him awful another one i can even think of is 500 days of summer another rom-com that people love but the character of tom is so one-sided and he doesn't actually care about how summer feels about their relationship or lack thereof and he couldn't understand but he didn't care that summer didn't want to fully commit to him like in a relationship and also he put her on a pedestal and wanted her to be the girl of his dreams rather than an actual human being and when summer is reluctant to be in a committed relationship he goes as far as literally yelling at her and saying well you're not the only one who gets a say in this i say we're a couple as if that's not manipulative. So um, another person I can think of is Chuck Bass and Gossip Girl. Like we could really go on because the media is really at fault for glamorizing these types of characters who take rejection as a sign to keep going. Yeah, we've been fooled into accepting this form of behavior. And, you know, I grew up watching these shows and films and didn't think anything of it until I was in a real life situation myself where my no wasn't being taken seriously. And this is why we need more women writers, producers and directors. Yes, and because media does really shape our perception of society. Romanticizing this so-called nice guy who doesn't give up is dangerous because it allows people to think that saying no is a chance to be convinced into a yes. Absolutely, and this is where it does really tie into consent because consent goes beyond just sexual encounters but also dating. If you ask someone out and they say no... It's a no. Just as we say with consent, it should be an enthusiastic yes. Um, An example of even how this applies to friendships is, you know, if you're asking a friend if they want to have a drink with you or another drink and they don't give you a firm yes or an enthusiastic yes, it's not an opportunity to convince them relentlessly. 
I've seen and heard and witnessed so many times friends peer pressuring other friends into doing drugs or yes, drinking. It's one thing to ask someone if they're interested in doing some sort of drug, but it's another to guilt trip someone into why they should do this drug. And Soph and I can openly and easily say that we are both people who are not into drugs. We never have been, never will be. So when we say this to people firmly, it's really not an opportunity to convince us. And frankly, especially at our age, I find it embarrassing for the person who relentlessly asks me if I want to try this or makes it seem, quotations, uncool to not do this drug. Like it's awkward for you that you feel the need to convince me. Um, It kind of just makes it seem like they are uncomfortable with their own choice to do a certain drug or to drink a certain amount of drinks or whatever. Yeah, no means no can be applied to friendships as well, especially when it comes to to drinking. And this happens a lot where friends think it's okay to not respect other friends' limits or boundaries with drinking or any substance for that matter. Um, And we watched an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians recently, actually. And (laughs) Courtney and Chloe completely harassed Kim and pressured her pressured her into having a drink on a night out. And they made a complete mockery of her because she said she didn't like alcohol. Um, she eventually ended up drinking and got very drunk and puked in the toilet later. And what did they do? They laughed and humiliated her for getting sick. This so is toxic. toxic yeah. And a huge violation of someone's boundaries. And it happens all the time. I've seen it. Um, I even think of friendships and no means no in relation to if you're asking a friend for a favor. Like just honestly some random examples. If you're let's say asking a friend to do something for you and they're uncomfortable with that. Or if you're asking a friend to get you a job somewhere or refer you somewhere and they say no Mm. or they're like kind of reluctant. That's also your cue to stop asking. You're not a bad friend if you can't get someone a job. Maybe they're uncomfortable. Maybe they're not in a good space to refer you. Maybe they are in a, a toxic uh, work environment and they don't they feel don't like... They don't bring you they, into that. Exactly, yeah. yeah, or they feel like they are not in a place where they can refer anybody because they mm-hmm. don't want to open their mouth. So, I mean, consider other people's boundaries when they say no. Maybe There's a, obviously a real reason behind it. Um, I feel very strongly as well about respecting no as an answer at work. Um, and of course, you know, when you're working, you're, you're being paid to do a job. So you can only say no within reason to your boss or your colleague or whatever. But if you're working a Monday to Friday job and your boss needs you to work the weekend, first of all, they should ask and not tell you to work. So for any of you out there who are listening who are bosses, keep that in mind. People should be working to live and not living to work. So, And if you ask someone to work on the weekend and they say no, they can't, then it's a no. It's not an opportunity to guilt trip them or to threaten firing them. I've seen companies basically threaten employees to work the weekend with no additional compensation, which, yes, may happen here and there in job roles, but consistently demanding and crossing someone's boundary like that is not okay. I've worked for companies in the past who did pay a salary, but then offered additional compensation for employees willing to work weekend shifts, which in my opinion is how it should be done. They didn't require people to work the weekend, but it was an option. Also, if you're given new responsibilities in a job that you weren't aware of when you signed the contract or whatever, um, an employer should at least be asking you first before just piling on more responsibilities. So true. Um, it's about 
boundaries and respect. I've worked jobs before where I've been given an extra responsibility um, that my role was not expected to do or that I wasn't trained to do, but that I was expected to do it anyway. Um, And in situations like these, it can be very intimidating to stand up for yourself, but it's important to exercise your boundaries. And it's not talked about enough in society when it comes to work environments. We don't associate these traits with respect in a job. We assume, well, I'm getting paid to do a job but are you getting paid to do this in your job? Are you being respected? Are you involved in the decisions to increase your workload or your hours or how many people you manage? It's important to be aware of that because we need to normalize employees saying no to certain things. Yeah, absolutely. I saw a funny meme on Twitter actually and I'm just reminded of it now saying, You say you're flexible to companies and they try and break your damn back, (laughs) which is hilarious because this tweet went viral. So it just goes to show how many people's boundaries are being crossed in work environments. And unfortunately, as a society, we kind of tolerate that. Yeah, we glamorize hard work and hustling and stuff like that. So, yeah, I remember you showed me that uh, tweet and it does really show that a lot of people feel this way. So it's important to question it. Exactly. Um, I also want to talk about feeling empowered uh, in your decision to say no, because we often feel guilty in society for saying no. I don't know if it's living with anxiety or what, but I feel so incredibly guilty saying no, and I'm aware of it. So in order to not let people take advantage of me, because not being able to say no to things or people in work environments can allow people to take advantage of you. I've really tried to think about the consequences of saying yes more. We tend to think of the consequences of saying no a lot, but what about saying yes, you know? Like think about what happens in a scenario like work or friendships or even dating if you say yes. Once you say yes, you're gonna go and have to do that thing that you said yes to. Mm. So it reframes your thinking. Like if I say yes to working this one weekend in a job where I don't normally do, Are they going to expect me now to always volunteer to work the weekend? So think of your own boundaries here and what you're personally okay with. Yeah, exactly. I'm afraid to say no in a lot of situations too, but I'm trying my best as I get older to to stand up for myself and really think about the consequences of it. And if I just go with my gut, I'm like, okay, my gut says no, I don't want to do I don't want to do this. So yeah, but yeah, when I say no to something, whether it's whether it's difficult for me or an easy decision, it's a true reflection of of my gut and my intuition. So it's me feeling confident in my boundaries. I love that. And I so agree with that, even though that was a little takeaway. I would love to know what your takeaway is on today's topic. My takeaway is simply a reminder to myself and anyone else listening to examine the examples in society and the media of where boundaries are being overstepped and to change the narrative, um, be firm in your decisions because it reflects your best interests in life, um, your decision to say yes or your decision to say no exercises your confidence and assertiveness and no one has the authority to persuade your decision to suit them. Yes. So yeah, that's it. What about your takeaway? I love your takeaway about examining the examples in media because I do agree that it's the media that is playing a massive role in shaping our understanding of both consent and no means no in everyday life. So Um, As usual, I will say that the whole point of us discussing the topics that we do on our podcast is so that you can question and determine your own reality. So if you sense that you're saying yes to things out of guilt or peer pressure, 
to recognize that and to feel more empowered and saying no is so important. So, you know, we don't need to feel guilty for shaping our own experiences and deciding what our boundaries are. Well said. Love that. Um, Well, that's it for today's episode. We love hearing your stories on how you're living a non-traditional life. So keep them coming and follow us on Instagram at Shifting Her Experience and send us a message on Instagram, review our podcast on Apple or review our journal Reflect on Amazon to be featured as our next person of the week. And make sure you download, rate, and review our podcast and share it with your friends to spark a further discussion on this topic. And let us know if you've seen any other instances in society where the phrase no means no can apply. See you on Tuesdays. Bye.